All right, all right, all right. <laughs> no, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. I just did not expect yeah, that. Just got, you know, we got Matthew McConaughey here today. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's enjoying it. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. Um, Boy, Jeff, have you seen the latest about Bofa? Bofa. What's Bofa? Bofa D's nuts. Uh, okay. I asked you that on chat, and you haven't, you haven't uh, responded to Slack for a long time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm busy. I saw, I saw you do the the kilogram thing. Yeah. Which is all over the news. Mm-hmm. I was uh, a couple things. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, learn a little bit about what a watt balance is or a, oh, a, toward a kibble, the, the kibble, kibble balance. Kibble balance, right. Mm-hmm. And it basically, I guess, it uses electromagnetism to mm-hmm. like uh to determine very precisely how much a mass is being manipulated yeah and by that you can determine very precisely planck's constant which is important because that is what essentially is happening is instead of fixing the kilogram to a value of the mass of a cylinder of, of platinum and iridium they are fixing planck's constant to a specific yeah. number uh Basically, because the assumption is now we can nail it down to you know about one part in ten billion, uh, and we can say for sure if if we assume this is what Planck's constant is, then you can determine the rest of what a kilogram is from e equals m c squared. Yeah, so I saw one thing it was pretty interesting. Because I'm sorry, I just want to clarify because the Planck's constant then can use e equals h f. Okay. Yeah, so this is mostly. I'm sure, you know, this isn't any kind of realization to you, but for the people listening, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you probably know about the kilograms and the reference kilograms. You know, there is a cylinder in France that is the reference kilogram. It has an actually <laughs> like a colloquial name of Le Grand K. Uh-huh. And it's the only thing that has an uncertainty of zero you know, based, uh, you know, measured from the, uh, what a kilogram is, right? right? You know, so the and the problem with that is, you know, you've probably heard on the radio is it could change, right? It could get a scratch. Well, there are a couple. Problems. I mean, a scratch, a scratch isn't likely, right. but there could be atoms infusing or diffusing or yes, something sublimation like that. of of various parts. Of, I mean, like over time, they have noticed that. At least the reference kilograms that have been produced from this, that have been kept in essentially similar conditions, have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, some gaining, some losing mass. So having a fixed mass isn't really possible with a solid object. So the idea was to fix all of the all of the SI units by making them uh, ultimately based on fundamental constants. Therefore, every SI unit is. Uh, universally discoverable. And by that I mean mm-hmm. no matter where you are, you should be able to, if you had the right equipment, determine these uh, particular things we are using for our system of measurements, which is, of course, e- extraordinarily subjective. Right. But So like the, the kilograms that... So United States has two reference kilograms. Right. They're stored at NIST in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And... But they're, they've gone to France three times to be compared. And the last time was like in 72 or something like that. And um, basically, you know, they have 
it's different from the the official kilogram. So like they know that the North American kilogram reference kilogram one is you know three fetters lighter than it, you know that kind yeah. of thing. And there's you know nanograms or something like that lighter than it might have been on the level of micrograms instead of nanograms, but yeah. still it was it was you know enough of a difference that not a huge concern for 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 everyday life, but uh, in the basis of units, as it turns out, uh, I haven't I had to find where, where it is, but I was watching uh, the Veritasium video on it, and and he said that a couple of the units are are going to change slightly because of this, um, the the jewel. Uh, is going to be slightly larger, I think. Uh, okay. The 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 ohm is going to be even even more larger. Like the volt, the volt is going to be slightly larger, and the ohm is going to be even larger, like like a couple percent more. Um, so just weird things that happen because once you fix this value, all the rest of the values kind of align themselves. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I figured, you know, fixing this value is going to be practically zero difference from the reference kilogram at least you know right now so well it I'm has surprised, I'm surprised I mean, other things change by that much if it's fixed as closely as they could i think the idea is that, you know they set a value that would um for for this essentially a photon of this specific energy value is the has the mass energy equivalence of a kilogram and once you get that photon, which is, you know, it's like 10 to the 42. <laughs> I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. impressive way. Of course, we're a high energy photon. Um, but it will. It, once you've set that very specific, all the things that bait are based off of it are slightly changed because that value is not necessarily the value that was the, the kilogram value of Okay, I mean, I would have figured they would have. They, I mean, I think they tried. Value I, I that think was they exceedingly close to. I it. think they did, yeah. but just because there are slight, you know, there, there are differences in terms of what Planck's constant is. They can knock other things off by more than a percent. I believe so. I'm not. I, I, like I said, I haven't. I only got this from very testing video. I haven't seen the, okay. the full data on it. I mean, because that just seems crazy, right? Right. Changing the. Value of what did you say, a joule or something like that? No, uh, no, uh, a volt and and an ohm. Yeah, I mean, the joule is based off of moving a kilogram one at the force of one newton one meter. I think is that does that make sense? I mean, how could you change that by one percent though? When like the the, ohm, the resistors I buy next year are going to be one percent. Different than the ones I buy this I mean, year. I mean, like a one percent difference in in your resistance is not really going to show up. <laughs> like a thirty ohm resistor is still going to be a thirty ohm resistor. A hundred ohm resistor will be a ninety nine ohm resistor. I mean, that's for, for certain things. Right. That's going to be. Let, let's see. Okay. Uh, SI units ohm change. And that being said, resistors that I buy. They have, you know, like a 10%, you know, um, range. So, yes, the resistors I buy, one ohm is not, is well within the range of the resistor. But... So, actually, no, it's, so it's, the ohm is it's the derived unit. See, it's, it's, the problem is, is, is these derived units are happening, right? Not, not the, the core SI units, which are, let's see if I can get them right. 
uh, obviously the kilogram. Um, the uh, why, why am I blanking on this? The meter? Okay. The kilogram, uh, the meter. The jewel. The, is the jewel yeah. a standard unit? Okay, the jewel. Um, candela. Uh, what else is there? There's three more. Um, speed, speed of light? Is that, is that a unit? Or is that a... No, because a meter is defined right, by yes. the speed of light. Second, the second. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's five. Uh, oh, ampere. And... I'm missing one. Should be an easy one. Hmm. These nuts. And and, and these nuts. Uh, the Kelvin. The Kelvin. Is Jewel the Jewel is not Jewel one. Or mole or mole is, is, is the other one. So, okay. I, was thinking, I guess I was thinking of Ampere. Yeah. So those are the core units, and the rest of, of the units are derived units. Right, so what is changing here are four values. The ampere, the kilogram, the mole, and uh, Kelvin are, okay. all being, are all being set to specific numbers. Because four of those are changing, it has slight changes to everything. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this gets into my whole thing about my, my dislike of 10, which we talked about before. But you were born with 10 fingers, man. I was born with 12 knuckles. Yeah. Right? And 12 is a better thing than 10. And, and, and you know, it's like, okay, so we are, what, 42? We're 18 episodes away from 500. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a big accomplishment, but when the 500 really isn't that special a number. A hundred isn't that special a number. In fact, it's a very unspecial number. The only reason it's special is because we use base ten. Yeah. Other than that, it has like it is a very ordinary none like as a number in the number line, it's not even like remotely interesting. Okay, so like well, how, what do you define as interesting? Well, I mean, prime number, of course. Yeah, of course, prime numbers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some number that has some some interesting relation to uh, the universe or uh, to physical constants or, or has some kind of interesting structure about it that, that is... But uh, whatever counting system you use, there's going to be big round numbers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But big round numbers to me are just, they aren't that interesting. Like... Uh, in in my preferred base, I mean, I say preferred is like I don't use it. Uh, in, in the base that I would have preferred to learn, that I think would be a better base, base twelve, one hundred is eighty four. Another very boring number. Uh, then you know, uh, one hundred uh, one tau tau hundred would be the one hundred. Of the base twelve system, I, if okay. you use epsilon and tau for eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. okay. I don't know. It it's uh, it makes more sense because it's the lowest base that has the most has the most uh, factors. Okay. 
you only can do half uh, and quarters of 100. Right. That's it. That's all you can do evenly. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can do halves, quarters, thirds of 12. It's a lot easier to, to work with if you have to do things on that level of that base. Oh, sure. So If you like dividing by three, then yeah. <laughs> and I do, damn it. What if you want to divide by five? Why, why, why would I ever want to divide by five? You got five friends. <laughs> Twelve cookies. No, I'd make sure I had six. <laughs> um, it's more friends I guess you're right it's a good thing yeah uh, so a couple of things that I sent you I don't know if, if you to take a look at them this this Probably picture did. for one. Oh, I did see that one yeah yeah that, that's not a photoshop yeah it's a spider with a wolf on it's, its back it's not a spider oh. it's a harvestman so it's an arachnid okay but it's a uh, it looks like it's got a wolf head it's actually called I think a bunny Huntsman because of the, the mm-hmm. ears, mm-hmm. but I mean, it looks yeah, it looks like a black wolf. Is that its eyes or is that just decoy stuff? Uh, it's probably one of its you know one of its pairs of eyes, right? It probably has. I don't know how if harvestmen have eight eyes like uh, like spiders do. Okay, but you know it could. I doubt it. I couldn't tell if that was the front or the back. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I just saw the image and was like amazed that that was not a Photoshop. Um, there was a recent report that the it was on NBC News. This thing scientists say mysterious Oumuamua oh, yeah. could be an alien spacecraft. Now, when I saw this, I did uh, what what I am primed prime myself to do. I went to the paper. <laughs> Because this, when somebody says scientists say blah, yeah. and it's and it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. I say, okay, what are the scientists actually saying? Right, uh, and and they said that it is unusually proportioned. Right, it's long and narrow, cigar shaped. Right, which... well, that is that was part of of what they were. So what they were trying to explain was why this unusually shaped object <coughs> um, seemed to gain speed as it moved away from the solar system okay i didn't even know about that yeah. part of it so it, it if you were to follow it on a trajectory that was simply ballistic uh simply ballistic um it it didn't follow that trajectory exactly it seemed to sort of gain speed it was moving out and so they went through a couple scenarios uh and a couple scenarios they were able to basically say is unlikely and some scenarios they were able to say are more likely or more possible and then they threw in at the end well what if we assume what if, what if none of these work what what else is there and they speculated along the lines of some sort of mm-hmm. you know some sort of alien intelligence could if none of these work then what are we left with is essentially what they were saying but but I mean, it was it was kind of silly and out there to go there, and they dedicated a decent amount of their of their study to, right. like four or five paragraphs at the end to this option. But it wasn't like the whole report. But right. the the one thing that they didn't they weren't able to d- 
discount was outgassing of the material since it got heated. And especially because of the way it's shaped and stuff like that. That outgassing caused the force. But maybe that's how the aliens designed well, the thrust system. Later <laughs> later studies have shown, uh, like a later study I think this week, has uh, basically nailed down outgassing as, yeah, that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this was not an alien spacecraft. This was just, it got warmed up as it got close to the sun and it pushed off a lot of material. Yeah, this a, it was a fun one, right? Because it was, you know, unusually shaped. Like, I haven't read the papers, but, you know, I saw one story about how, you know, there wasn't good theories on how that shape would form, right? I can see lots of ways that the shape could form, especially gravitationally. If it's pulled in some weird way and then it breaks off and so, you know, just lots yeah. of things. I mean, it, it's it's weird for sure. And it's not something we have a lot of experience with is is, is the problem. Right. Right. Well, it, you it's, don't see interstellar. We don't see objects like this. <laughs> zooming through. Yeah. Uh, so it it's like, could this shape be formed? Sure. Would this shape be stable over over a bunch of, of systems? Who knows? But there are some people who are saying possibly not. And so is it likely that we would have seen it like in this shape? And that's mm-hmm. where they come up with, you know, is it artificial? Blah, blah, blah. But it's never aliens, guys. <laughs> Until it is. Until, Until it, it is. is. But when it is, we will know. We'll have definitive answers as to whether it's aliens. For one thing, we probably would have seen emissions of some sort heat i don't know something some sort of electromagnetic something to indicate that this object had propulsion systems or there's lots of different ways i watched some more of the expanse oh thought i was getting into it and then like the next episode is like oh it's long again so (laughs) what what so okay so what happened um. So there was the. There is one episode in the group that I think is something of the slog you have to get through. So I'm curious yeah. if that's the episode that that you got stuck on. Let's see. Probably episode nine. I think would be the number on it. Is it the one that's focused on Melba and her history. I don't, I don't know the character names yet. But the the chick who blew up the the chick who well, has the, the the implant who can make herself really strong and then gets tired. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, um, I guess I'm just watching it. It hasn't hooked me yet. But okay, I, I was starting to get hooked. I think when the uh, Rosinante when the that. Video got sent from the ship that yes. the dude didn't mm-hmm. do or whatever. Right, right? yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, okay. I... The intrigue starts, right? Yeah, I think I'm getting into this. And then the one the episode after that was like... Well, they were trying to... So that what they tried to do is, is explain the motivations of, of the person who did the the terrorist things. Because she'll come in important later. Okay. So you have to get through this episode. But a lot... There's, there's interesting stuff happening in this episode. For for instance, like one of the things in the, in the last episode before where, where the ship blew up was I love the stuff with Miller, like 
Mm-hmm. You, this protomolecule thing is trying to communicate in some way, and so it builds this simulacrum, and it keeps killing it over and over and over again mm-hmm. when it doesn't get the information at once. And and okay. one of the reasons it's 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 killing it is because one of the reasons it's looking for information is because it reaches out 109 times a second, searches, and it can't find. So it's trying to find something. And it can't find it, and so it keeps building and killing the uh, this version of Miller until he finds a way to get some more information. And his way of getting information is to talk to Holden, because Holden has a ship, and then Holden can do stuff. And that's when, of course, the missile happens, and then they go into the ring space. Right, which you've got does happen, yes. No, I don't think so. They haven't gone at the end of that episode. They went through the ring. Maybe I didn't get the whole way through the episode then. <laughs> Thought I did. They got shot by a missile, and and hold it, and Holden gets from from Miller to have to slow down. I thought I watched the expanse. Maybe I watched something else. Wow, I, I guess I, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, you watch because you got the part where, where there was a fake. Yeah, the, the, you know the thing blew up, and then there was the, the UN ship blew up, and then there was a fake thing from Holden's where he was broadcasting that he was declaring for the OPA. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so then they get into the ring space. And it's very strange in there because it's not space in there. It's something different. And the missile that was chasing them can't get to them because it's being held by some force. And it's actually, and even though it's expending its energy like crazy, it can't go faster than a certain speed Okay. inside this zone. All right. So they find themselves in this zone. Okay. Yeah, it's neat. And then what that zone is, and then all the stuff that happens in that zone. And, yeah, there's lots of really neat stuff coming up. Okay. Maybe I'm trying to understand the uh, the Belter's dialect too hard and missing off the <laughs> you turn on. You might want to turn on the, the uh, subtitles for that. Okay. Yeah, it, it's helpful to... Yeah, I mean, the Belter's dialect is a little weird, but I especially like the guy... David Strantham is playing the older guy. He, he's he's mm. really good. And you may think he's one of the actors who sucks. I don't know. But he's actually really, really good. And uh, the whole captain versus sub- first officer thing is an interesting dynamic that plays through the whole season. Okay. Or the half season, whatever it is. The book. Okay. All right. I'll keep keep trying. Maybe I'll go back and I think, figure out what I missed. I think but... once you go three or four episodes in, like The Wire, right? You'll catch you'll catch it. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll click. Um, there's such cool stuff ca- coming up that I want to talk to you about. All the, there's all this really cool stuff that happens. This like awesome stuff that you'll love. And that's like in sort of a lost fashion and stuff gets really weird and intricate and interesting. Okay. I'll try. But it actually then answers those questions too. Okay. Yeah, go back and watch. I would, you know, the the scenes between 
Holden and uh, Miller again. And like the way that, that, you know, he tried to reach out and Miller's like, I don't know if you remember that scene. Yeah, I saw that scene, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's lots of really, really cool stuff that, that's just, that's about to happen. Like it, it's ramping up okay. big time. All right. Uh, and then there was this cheesy Hawaiian quesadilla. Mm. <laughs> Did you? Mm. So th- this was... <laughs> Someone sent this to me and I was like, okay. This, I was like, I got to make this for Thanksgiving potluck. It sent this to everybody in the, <laughs> in the office. And they're like, no, no, no. Okay, so this, I guess this is uh, on Market Pantry Reduced Fat Colby Jack Shredded Cheese. That's what this was. Right? Okay. On the back is, is this recipe for cheesy Hawaiian quesadillas. Uh, what? Hands-on time, five minutes. Total time, 15 minutes. Makes four quesadillas. Are you ready? What you'll need? Eight slices, lower sodium, ham sandwich meat. Spam. Mm-hmm. Four nine-inch high-fiber flour tortillas. One eight-ounce can pineapple tidbits in juice, drained, juice reserved. One cup market pantry reduced fat Kobe Jack shredded cheese. Sliced green onion. One quarter cup reduced fat mayonnaise. <laughs> Wait, what? Quarter cup? Well, that's not that much mayonnaise. Uh, arrange ham on half of each tortilla. Sprinkle with equal amounts pineapple, cheese, and onions. Fold in half. Heat large nonstick pan on medium heat. Add two quesadillas. Heat three minutes. Turn over. Heat three to four minutes. Longer until golden brown. Repeat with remaining quesadillas. Meanwhile, whisk mayonnaise and add two teaspoons pineapple juice in small bowl. Serve as dip. <laughs> Manny's pineapple dip. Gross. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what that would taste like. It would taste um like one of these beers with a lot of <laughs> Simcoe and uh you know Simcoe, Amarillo and you know, something I think is like more pineapple, like mosaic. <laughs> then add that with a fatty cheese and mayonnaise, <laughs> <laughs> and and spam. Low sodium. Yes. I like the mind shudders. Not 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 necessarily that someone made this. Like I can see someone being like, eh, "That's what I got in the pantry." <laughs> I'll throw it together. But they publish it then on a, <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Reserve the pineapple juice and mix it with your mayonnaise. Ugh. Come on, Greg, do it. Ugh. So. Uh, let's uh, let's go to the main show, and then we can talk more about other stuff. 